Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Steve Lacey. Good job, Steve. You're getting that down. You change it each week, so we'll see Uh, how it goes. Never a dull moment. So uh, welcome, folks. Thanks for being with us here in the Church Solutions Podcast. And very quickly, we're a tech company that helps uh, churches, ministries, and other organizations do streaming video. We have mobile apps. We have uh, uh, website templates and content management, good stuff. And so uh, it's always a pleasure for us to come and uh, be a part of your day with this podcast. And uh, what are we going to talk about today, Steve? So today we have a special guest, but we're going to talk about five ways to maximize your sermon's impact. Yeah, and this is important because uh, obviously we have a lot of pastors and uh, you know listening to our podcast here and watching our video. But uh, for those of you who are involved in your church, especially in the IT department, this also involves you. So it's not just pastors right. that need to catch this. You need to keep an it's eye on this too. Actually- Beyond the pastor, really, some of these things we're talking about. I mean, the the pastor wants to make sure he's got a great sermon, but these ways to maximize the impact is kind of up to others, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest here. Uh, His name is Dylan Burroughs, and Dylan has been involved in ministry for a long time. Uh, And he's also been involved in uh, situations with, uh, I don't know if anyone, situations, not the right word, but involved in (laughs) in books, writing lots and lots of articles, blog posts. He's actually worked with uh, 12, count them, 12 New York Times bestselling authors. wonderful publishers and uh, also a lot of well-known brands and uh, working with nonprofits and all that stuff. And he's also served in some other areas like working with uh, uh, at-risk America youth. He's been uh, involved in helping construct housing in, in Mexico, done some relief work in Haiti. And, uh, and you need to tell us a little bit about this, Dylan. You were nominated for a CNN Hero Award uh, when it came to fighting uh, for your efforts uh, to fight human trafficking, uh, and also you've been involved with uh, NPR and MSNBC, ABC News, and other media outlets. So uh, very quickly, and you're married, you got three kids. By the way, how old are your kids? My kids are 17, 14, and 10, so I have two teenagers now, which it changes the dynamic in the household, and I uh, feel like an Uber driver a lot of the time, but that's just the stage of life we're in and having a good time doing it. Yeah. Uh, Steve's gone through all that, and I only had one kid, so I just I just left him at home. I never took him anywhere. But uh, <laughs> he's 20 now, and so now he's getting revenge. But uh, yeah, Benjamin, uh, Natalie, and Audrey, right? Those are your correct. Kids. Yes, right. got it right. Super. Well, Dylan, thanks for being with us today. We're glad, and and I should also mention in this that you are now part of the Streaming Church uh, team. So welcome aboard. Right. Well, great to be with you and thrilled to be part of StreamingChurch.tv and all the great work you're doing across the country and worldwide to help churches enhance their services, their messages, and their impact through media. So great to be with yeah. you today. Yeah. So so you're, you're, we're going to talk a little bit about five ways to maximize your sermon's impact, as Steve said. But very quickly, the CNN Hero Award, what's that all about? 
Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, it was a nomination. I didn't end up winning the award. You see, at Thanksgiving time, Anderson Cooper goes through the top 10, and then Mm -hmm. they pick the winner out of those. I didn't make the top 10, unfortunately, but there was a time when I was nominated that I was working on some anti-trafficking efforts in the Atlanta area, and there had been a lot of publicity around it, and I ended up being nominated as a result of some of the work I was doing to help involve ministries and churches to fight against trafficking in the United States, which at that time was still pretty new. And uh, excited to see the impact that's had, and even long-term now, more churches are aware of the issue of human trafficking and are doing more to, to stop it and be part of the good change that's happening in this area. Yeah. So that's, that's where that came from. That'd be a great podcast topic. Right. Uh, I think we need what to do the- that in the future. What was the time frame for that? I think it was 2011 when that took place. I worked on a book called Not in My Town with Charles Powell, who's the founder of the Mercy Movement. It's involved in anti-trafficking, a good friend of mine, and he's the one who really initiated it. Uh, But together we had quite an impact, especially during that time, in bringing awareness to churches here in America. And now it's taken off into lots of different directions through his work. I remember getting initially exposed to the um, human trafficking and i guess i was i was i kind of raised my eyebrow because it was a um, guy that was doing a fundraiser for human trafficking i'm thinking what is this all about i said no not here right and i have you know since matured in my understanding of it but initially i was like wow this is yes. yeah this is a problem here and then over the years it was really this has really become a problem. Yes, yeah, and that was see. the big starting point, was that there's still yet to be a day with no slavery in the United States of America. And people are still shocked to hear that, but it goes on within our own borders. And there are lots of things you can do to help. So, like I said, the, the group I worked with is Mercy Movement. So, mercymovement.com has information if you're wanting to know more about that area. All right. Well, we uh, we should cover that sometime in the future. That, that sounds like mm-hmm. awesome work. I'm so glad that you are doing that. So, without further ado... Uh, you know, if you're a pastor or, uh, you know, you're involved in the church, your pastor, he or she spends, you know, countless hours preparing a message. Uh, they put their heart and soul into it. And uh, it's really, you want that message to have the most possible impact. And so Dylan, share with us some some ideas here, some some ways to really maximize an impact of a, of a, of a good message, a good talk. Right, and we'll go through this together, but of the five ways to maximize your sermon's impact, the first one is simply to record your sermon. And if you're not recording your sermon yet, that's the place to start. You have to capture that material so you can use it and repurpose it in multiple ways. Let me give a couple of examples of how you can use the recording of your sermon. Uh, First, like at streamingchurch.tv, we have opportunities to stream it. Uh, You can offer it on demand, but you can also broadcast it at other places now with all of the social media through YouTube, through Facebook Live and others, there's no reason why your church can't participate in that and offer that to people in your community and worldwide. But again, there are other ways. There are DVDs that you can produce as a result of your recording that could go to new members who visit your, or new guests, I should say, that visit your church or also to shut-ins who can't come to your church for prison ministry, for other opportunities. And then lastly, some some pastors don't like this, but I like to also use recordings of my sermons to personally evaluate my preaching. And that's just like the coach who watches game film from the past game. Mm-hmm. What went well? What didn't go well? What can I improve next time? And if you make a habit of doing that, it actually improves your speaking much more quickly than almost any other method you could attempt. So yeah. we're talking, I mean, there's a couple of options here, right? If you just go back in time, um, you know, I think most churches were recording at least the audio, right, of the message. 
Right. And um, I know at my church, I don't know if we're kind of middle of the road or leading edge or or a laggard, but we started recording the sermons probably in, I mean, with a video um, in 2008 time frame or so. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would think i don't know what, what do you think the lay of the land is for in churches right now how many people do you, you know what percentage do you think is recording with video how many are recording with audio how many are uh, not recording at all do you have any feelings on that i don't know i mean almost every church i speak at records the audio like you mentioned but when it comes to video it's all over the board you have places with professional high-end cameras you have places with just somebody in a camcorder and then lots of places that said oh it didn't work this week or we used to do that but we don't anymore so there's a lot of variation when it comes to video but really if you look at the trends online they say that as much as three-fourths of the content consumed online in coming years is going to be video so you want to be part of that as a mm-hmm. church as a pastor and if you're missing out on that that's the place to start capture it even if you have to start with some low-end camcorder or camera to get started start there and then you can always improve from that point forward mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's one of the reasons i know when our church started recording because it was using my camera with me standing in the back <laughs> on a, with a tripod yeah so you <laughs> so. can start with that <laughs> yeah. and, and move forward to something better as you're able so don't yeah. let yeah. the kind of camera you have be your limitation yeah, I, I think, you know, I think you bring up a really good point about, you know, personally evaluating yourself. Uh, when I was the church online pastor, actually at Steve's church a number of years ago, we had a we would do a breakaway and I would be in an office similar to this away from the actual uh, worship center, you know, the, the yeah. sanctuary. And but I had a monitor, so I would I could be, be addressing people during announcements and opening and closing, but I could kind of see myself. And I remember I remember going, I, I need to smile more. So I would <laughs> smile. And then recently we were doing some video. I speak at, I have a little church that I speak at occasionally and uh, they videoed me. And I remember looking at myself and I, I remember how, how, uh, how unhappy I looked, even if I wasn't unhappy, I, I didn't smile a whole lot. Uh, yes. And I remember thinking I need to smile more because Inside, I was happy, but I have that kind of face that, uh, you know, that turns face sometimes. And sometimes you just need to smile. But anyhow, that's a whole other topic. But uh, but yeah, I think recording your sermon and I would really encourage churches to experiment with some video now uh, because it's so much less expensive now to do video and cameras are better and and not as much. And so, yeah, so I would move on. I I would certainly experiment with that and. and recording is a good point. So your second point is is something that I find interesting, and that is transcribing your message. Tell us a little more about transcribing your message. Right. Well, historically, before radio, transcription was the primary way pastors shared their messages. You think of Charles Spurgeon from the 1800s in London. His sermons became famous because he had people who would shorthand write them down and then make long-form versions of the notes, and they would go out all over the planet. Well, still today, a transcribed sermon offers a lot of value. Let me give you a couple of examples. One is if you do video, uh, you can use that as the subtitles to the video for people who aren't able to hear or to enhance the message. You can also use the transcript as uh, something you adapt into a blog post or an article or even a book. In my publishing background, you would be amazed how many well-known pastors today 
have books that are primarily based on the sermon series they gave. For example, you do a 10-week series on Revelation. You do those 10 sermons. Each of those are typed out from the audio, and then you take that content and adapt it into book form, and there's your book. So whether you do a book or just an article or something shorter that you use for a small group Bible study in your own church, there are lots of ways you can repurpose your sermon if you have it transcribed. And let me even say with transcription, you also have the opportunity for translation. So if you have multiple languages you want to reach, once you have it in written form, it's much easier to have someone translate it than if they're doing it via audio or video. So I always recommend that as a writer, transcribe it, because then you have so many other ways that you can use your content beyond the sermon when it's preached. Yeah. You know, I I know uh, there are some tools out there, some software that will take... uh, take audio and transcribe it. Uh, I know even years and years ago, there was one uh, that didn't work very well. And then there's actually Google Documents <laughs> has a deal that you can actually, uh, it will record your voice and transcribe it. Again, I've experimented with it. It's not the greatest, right? Uh, but but uh, I'm just thinking in my head here, you know, for people that are listening to this, like, oh, that's a great idea, but how do I do that, you know? And, right. At the very least, you can use an automated service like that. But if you look online, places like Rev.com, for example, you upload your MP3, they mm-hmm. take it 48 hours back, 48 hours later, they send it back. You know, and it might be a dollar or so per audio minute. So if you do a 30-minute sermon, it's $30. Um, is that $30 worth getting your sermon in written form to use in other formats? I would say yes. And so at least try it out. Give it a shot. Sometimes you have someone in your own church who's able to transcribe well, and you can offer that as an opportunity for ministry for that person that gives them value that they serve in the church, but also adds value to your sermon. Mm, that's a very good point. And I, and I like that idea, Rev. REV.com. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. Steve, go ahead. So I was just, uh, I should I should have prepared my notes before we went on the air here with this, but um, we get occasionally requests for people that want to do the real-time live, um, what is it called? Closed caption? Yeah, the closed captioning. Right. And we live. have connected up with some resources, which I don't have handy right now. But uh, I would assume that they would also provide the transcription of the service as well. So typically, or to date, what I've learned is that's not, I mean, that, that still requires a real person to do yes. that, a quality method. And so um, there's companies out there that we have at least had some communications with. Uh, I'm not sure if any of our mm-hmm. churches are using that. But anyway, that, that just kind of leads to the fact that... Um, Having the transcription, even with the video, I think is important. We've had, uh, you know, a lot of people that do, you know, marketing on the web will yes. transcribe the, what they're saying because the videos come up muted, and so you can, you know, you can still glean what's going on in, you know, in the service if you if you can read, you read yes. along with it. So. Anyway, well, that's a great point. I was going to mention that with so many people watching transcribed videos on YouTube, once you've transcribed it, there's an option on YouTube to upload it along with your video so that you have that instead of some automated service that's hit and miss. You have your actual transcription going along so someone doing that gets an accurate feed of your message. Okay. Well, great. That's good stuff. All right. So uh, we're continuing to talk here with Dylan Burroughs about maximizing a message, and and here's a, a, a point that you gave us these notes ahead of time. So yeah. uh, I noticed your your third point is 
live stream your sermon. Now we know nothing about live streaming. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm being yes. facetious because this we, is that's what we do. A direct sales pitch. Yes, that's our most common way to help you with your sermon's impact <laughs> through the live stream of your sermon. So yes, I mean you guys could talk about that far better than I can. But it used to be back not too many years ago even that it was almost impossible to live stream your video of your sermon somewhere. And now any church that really wants to do it has the opportunity to do that. And so churches that thought, really, we can do that in the past? Or now I would never try it. Uh, just give it a chance. I mean, if you talk with us and consider uh, the cost versus the impact that you would have through that, uh, it's incredible to think that your church service could reach more people live outside of your church walls than it does on the inside. And to me, that's a phenomenal mission opportunity that you don't want to miss. Yeah. Right. And there's there's all kinds of, I guess, gradients, uh, just like there are all kind of gradients of, of how people do church, yes. uh, how much they invest and, uh, you know, what quality of a stream they have. But we were, I was just, we were working with just this morning. I think I copied you all, uh, on an email. You've got a church from South Africa. Where are they? They're they're trying to get underway, and they're using their phone. They're using a cell phone yes. to stream the service. So I mean, it can be as simple as that. I mean, it's uh, that's kind of starting kind of at the lower end for a right. you know, quality product, but it's it's something you can do, and it's getting yeah. you into the field where people are you're expanding your audience. Yeah, I, I always tell people, uh, you know, if you really want to do this, try it and, and just start where you're at. And, you know, who knows? Uh, there's people, you know, if you've got people in your congregation, you may have some people that say, you know what, I, I would like to help you with that. And so you may not have a lot of budget to start with, but as you as you take that step, <laughs> uh, many times other people will see that and they'll join in and they'll help and they'll yes. provide finances. They'll sometimes donate equipment. Uh, it's amazing what can happen. So uh, I would encourage people don't don't let it hold you back. If you yes. don't have all the equipment right now, start with what you got, and uh, you might be surprised. And that's a great point. That's why we offer a free trial so you can try it out before you commit. But like you said, often when you share that as a prayer request or a ministry opportunity, there will be one or two people in your church who feel led to contribute toward it or participate in it and make it happen. So it's not just about you as the pastor or the, the media ministry leader. Let the need be known and people will rise up that God calls to be part of this. Okay. Absolutely. And another thing that you kind of allude to in your notes here is we kind of talk about you – know, most churches will get more visitors to their church website than they get to the church in a oh, way. Oh, yes. And so in some cases, you may have more viewers of your sermon online because you, you live stream it and then you put it up for on demand. You may get more views than you had you know, people in the, in the congregation. Well, yeah, too. and think about this. You, you record your sermon, you live stream it, and you put it on your website it might be 10 years from now, somebody's going to go back to your church and that happens to be there and they see it and their life has changed because of something you preached 10 years ago. All I right. mean, how amazing is that? So there's not just the one time impact, but the shelf life of that that can go mm -hmm. years into the future. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. And there's lots of companies out there that can help you. Obviously, we're one of them with StreamingChurch.tv. Uh, there's other companies, other levels, other expenses. Uh uh, we're the best, of course, but you know, and, another, <laughs> another shameless plug, if, you know, Dylan mentioned the 10 years having it and we have unlimited on demand. So yes, we may have some people that have, wow, they, ha I know there's people that have 
hundreds of uh, their video sermons available. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, so uh, streaming, good idea. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about audio. What, what about audio and uh, what's your fourth point here, Dylan? Right. Well, the fourth is to podcast your sermons. And podcasting, it used to just be a trendy thing that the big churches did. And now everybody can do it. Like I said, almost every church records the audio of their sermon. Well, it only takes a couple more steps to get that online and to stream it either via social media or your website. And with people increasingly listening to podcasts when they commute or when they work out, why not have your sermon there for people to hear as well? It used to be that you had to have radio airtime that you purchased as a church to get your audio somewhere where people could hear it in large numbers. And now you can bypass all that. If you don't have a budget for a radio ministry, you can podcast your sermon for cheap or free. Uh, I've used SoundCloud.com, which is a place I really recommend because if you have concerns with Apple or censorship or any of that stuff, SoundCloud.com is a social media site just for audio. So musicians and podcasters go there. I think you pay maybe 10 or $15 a month for unlimited, and you can load it up there, embed it in your website, and you have all the podcasting you can ever use with apps and analytics from who's using it around the world. So there are lots of options. That's one. Uh, you have an option even with uh, streamingchurch.tv to podcast your sermons. So lots of ways to do it. But point being, get it out there. Um, one quick example, I, I preached in a church back in December. Um, the turnout wasn't what I had hoped. There were only about 100 people there. I really prepped hard for this Christmas sermon, preached it. Uh, but that afternoon, they put it on Facebook as a podcast. Well, within a week, over 1,000 people had listened to it <laughs> because of who had shared it different places. And I thought, that's 10 times the number of people who heard it on Sunday. So suddenly, something I thought was a little disappointing became a key ministry opportunity I had during the Christmas season. So, um, you know, don't overlook the impact of a podcast. And I don't know why I'm gravitating to this. I'm being driven to this shameless plug area. We have, we also introduced just a new feature where we can uh, strip the audio from your video and mm -hmm. automatically load it into a podcast. So, yes. So anyway, another, another option here. Maybe I'll stop. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, maybe you'll stop plugging us. Well, you know, yes, I mean, I know. <laughs> we, we've worked hard over the years, you know, to, to provide a lot of resources for churches. Yeah. And, ministries, and, this is a, so, yeah. you know. and this is a new one that's probably yeah. a lot of people aren't aware of. Yeah. Good deal. All right. OK, so uh, podcast. Good idea. How about, uh, you know, you mentioned transcribing your sermons and all that right. good stuff. Uh, so you you have another point here, which I think is another good thing. And that would be you can take your messages and they could be. Uh, 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 put into a context of, of like group study material? Yes, that's the main idea, to turn your sermon into group material. And you can do this whether you transcribe it or not. For example, if you have preaching notes you use on a Sunday morning that is in that are in the bulletin, well, you can take those same notes, maybe adapt it a little bit, and that could be the small group material your small groups use throughout the week. Um, some churches are much more organized. You can plan months in advance, uh, do the sermon notes, do small group curriculum to go with it, and roll it out as a big churchwide campaign. And you'd be amazed how many of the major books and DVD curriculums you see in the Christian market now are simply a variation of that. For example, Max Lucado might preach a sermon series in his church. Well, they take all the videos, they take all the transcripts, they make it into a whole kit, and then they sell it and distribute it to churches around the country and around the world. Well, you may not be Max Lucado, but you can do something similar at your church so that you're focused on that one theme or 
topic God has led you to preach on in your church in a way that's far beyond the sermon, but is going down from the adult groups level, Sunday school, to youth groups, to children's ministry with the other ministry areas in your church, and have a huge impact that would not exist unless you took the time to adapt your sermon for maximum impact through group material. Yeah. That sounds like really good stuff, and that, that is obviously, again, as the title of our little message podcast here says, maximizing, and it really is getting the most out of your talk, right. and uh, I think it's, it's, it's important stuff to do. And then, uh, Dylan, you work with, uh, you've worked in the past with authors and, and uh, doing those kind of things, uh, and are you still open to doing some of that? Oh, sure. I'm always looking for opportunities to help other ministries, authors, organizations, and uh, there are various ways to do that. But a lot of people want to contact me. They can do so at uh, my email, which is Dylan, D-I-L-L-O-N, at DylanBurrows.org or Dylan at StreamingChurch.tv. And we can talk more about any opportunities or questions you may have related to maximizing your sermon's impact or other uh, ministry and media questions you might have. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good deal. All right. Well, looks like we're just about out of time here. This has been really good material. We're going to put this uh, your notes up here on our. Uh, we have a blog called NewMediaMinistries.tv. So uh, probably in the next week or so, we'll put this stuff up here that we just talked about with a little more detail. Uh, you can just go. You can go there right now. There's lots of good stuff on there right now. NewMediaMinistries.tv. So in keeping with Steve's theme here of plugging ourselves. Uh, we'll just plug that. That's part of our deal. We normally don't do that. <laughs> we normally don't. You always resist it, but I always. I do. I do. I kind of resist it, but then I was the one contributing to it. All right. So, yeah. Absolutely. Good deal. All right. Good. Anything else before we wrap this up, gentlemen? Hey, just a final challenge. Uh, your sermon is your masterpiece you put out there as a pastor or as a church leader. So don't let it just go into the archives. Use it in every way possible. God will lead you to creative ways beyond what we've talked about. So just go for it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just a great opportunity. Technology and everything involved in that just can really help uh, take the message further and further. So that's good stuff. All right, good. Well, all right. Dylan Burroughs has been our guest today. I'm Phil Thompson. Steve Lacey's on the other end here. And again, if you have some input, some feedback, uh, you can just send us an email if you want. Uh, support at streamingchurch.tv. Uh, and that's one way to get a hold of us. We'd be glad to hear from you. It'd be great to get, uh, maybe you got something to add to this. Uh, we'd love to get your input on that. So with that in mind, uh, we're going to take off here. Uh, folks, thank you for being a part of the Church Solutions Podcast today. We'll see you next time. Have yourself a great day.